Welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect Grind Podcast, where you are not alone in the struggle to success. And I'm your host, Jasmine Hill of thefearhuddler.com. Get ready to be inspired by the journeys of entrepreneurs and even pick up a couple gems along the way. Let's Let's get into it. it. Yo, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to a new episode. And not just any episode, today we are wrapping up the Not Your Average series. Man, if you haven't checked it out so far, make sure to go back as far as episode 27, where we interviewed Victoria Mason of Black Bloggers United. Then check out Jay Dukes, comedian host on episode 28. Swing through to the bonus episode. Yep, threw something extra in there with Kareem Taylor, the co founder of Encounter Camp. And then round it off with Sherelle Dorsey of The Plug on episode 30. And here on episode 31, we will be giving the finale. But before I get into that, what have I been up to? Ooh, we let's think. This past weekend, I had the opportunity to go down to Atlanta and do a couple things. First, I had the opportunity to be a guest on The Bottomless Truth with CD and Juice. Yes, uh, we did a podcast mashup with CD, Juice, and of course my homegirl Kiki from the New Geechee Podcast. So make sure you go on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast at and check out our episode. It is actually episode number 43 and they released part one and part two will be dropping this, uh, this Tuesday, this Tuesday. So, I mean, it was a fun, fun interview, a lot to laugh. Uh, we taught relationships, of course, we talked all the craziness that's coming out of Charlottesville. Uh, and we taught insecure. And when they found out that I was celibate, well, actually, I'll let you go over there and listen to it just to see what their reaction in the conversation was. So make sure you check out that. Uh, the Bottomless Truth with CD and Juice. And also, I went to Atlanta for my leak tills live show which was phenomenal of course it was a great time just to look around the uh the event to see everyone looking like me and they're looking just to uh continue to take their uh talents and their their business their personal lives to the next level um and actually that's where i want to pull my two cents from so I was thinking, uh, a lot of times we think that success has to do with like this magic potion and only certain people have access to this magic potion. However, as Malik was talking about reputation and relationships and, uh, she kind of went and dealt with some of the things of her story. It made me think that success really has to do with reputation and relationships, which my two cents today is do the little things. Yes, you don't have to move these big mountains, but 
are you doing the little things to build your reputation with people are you doing the little things to enhance your relationships with people i mean as small as being on time saying that you're going to do something and actually doing it though i know malik uh in the conversation she said that people may not even pay you attention and and call you out when you're late or when you do certain things but i promise you they are keeping a mental note and when certain opportunities come or you know you reach out for a favor they may not be as willing to lend that help that helping hand because you haven't built that relationship or your reputation with them so this week i want to challenge you i want to challenge you and we're going to get into this a lot deeper in this episode but i want to challenge you to deepen your relationships deepen your build your reputation and do the little things that's all for my two cents for this week But this week, as we wrap up the Not Your Average series, we have with us Letitia Bird of Bird Career Consulting. And when I met her a while ago, she was like my long lost kindred spirit because our stories align so much. She has not one, but two degrees in accounting. But guess what? She's actually took a uh, plot twist a U-turn and now is in recruiting and started her business and career consulting. So she helps folks get that dream job, resume building, interview prep, anything dealing with getting that dream job. She is your girl, but I'll leave that up to her to tell you the rest of her story. Get ready to be inspired and to know that you can mold your future. Let's get into today's show. All right, y'all today, 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 we have with us Letitia Bird of Bird Career Consulting. Welcome to the show, girl. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here because though we are grinders, um, I love uh, the area in which you end with helping people get that dream job and also being an entrepreneur with the full-time hustle. So I'm ready to get all up in your business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So as I've been starting off all of the episodes of the Not Your Average series with, let's begin with telling the audience one word that describes you and why. One word that describes me and why. I would say that one word that describes me is unstoppable. Mm. And, you know, I just, I've been through a lot growing up in my childhood Dealing, is- dealing with issues with my family, financial issues, <clears throat> you know, just really living check to check growing up. Well, right. not me, but, you know, my, my mother was living check to check. So I never let anything stop me. Um, even, you know, through school, putting myself through school, some of the things that I went through, now having my own business, working full time, I-, I really feel like, you know, the, the sky is the limit. Um, I feel like I can really do and be anything that I want to do. And that's right. what I try to, you know, 
tell my clients and anyone that I have the chance to speak to. So I would say that I'm I'm unstoppable. That's a good one. I, I like that one. I like that. So tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, who are you and what is exactly that you do? Yeah. So um, I'm the founder and CEO of, of Bird Career Consulting. So what I do is I help people make career moves where they can find success and happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm big on um, working a job that doesn't feel like work or doing something that you love. Um, You know, for me personally, um, my mother, I I watched her every single day do a job that she did not enjoy, you know, um, growing up. And so I've always been very passionate about not just settling and really doing something that I love. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm so passionate about what I do. So I do career coaching, personalized career coaching, helping uh, people figure out what direction they want to go in their career and then also write resumes cover letters and interview prep as well nice the whole shebang yes from from start to finish literally (laughs) right right so what led you to create a bird career consulting yeah so uh that's a good question for me um i went to unc charlotte and uh got a degree in accounting from there and i got my master's in accounting and I was very involved on campus, mm-hmm. um, involved in a lot of different organizations. I had a lot of different internships. So I was just grinding, you right, know, right. like that was me. People knew me as, okay, Leticia, yeah, she's out here grinding. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I had friends, classmates that started coming to me and they're like, yo, you got an internship? Like you got into grad school? Uh-huh. Can you help me with my application? Uh-huh. Can you look at my resume? And I was like, yeah, cool. You know, I'll help you out. And I started to see results from that. And then more and more people started to come to me. So I kind of put two and two together. And I was like, you know what? I see results from that. Whatever I'm doing is working. And I can make a business doing this. It's something that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of how it started. So I I never thought, honestly, that I would. I I thought at one point that I would have my own accounting firm, right? Like, that's what I thought I was going to do. I always saw myself as a person walking down the hall in the corporate America setting with my briefcase <laughs> and my little business suit on. Right. Um, so, you know, I just never thought that I would have a career coaching business. It really kind of fell into my lap and it just kind of goes to show. You really never know what is meant for you or what's in store for you. So I'm very happy and grateful to have found what I believe is my purpose. Right. That's amazing. And it because I see a lot of myself and your story as well, because all my, my degrees and my background is in sports and clearly I'm not doing that now. So going from accounting to like the HR realm, how was that transition for you? And what kind of, what obstacles did you face mentally of, okay, I have all this education and accounting, right? Um, I'm right. just going to leave that and start something new. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> I can definitely <laughs> tell you all about that. So, um, yeah, I, I started, I had a great job. I, I loved the company that I interned with um, coming out of school, got a great job offer. Like, my salary was, you know, more than my parents. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that was something that I've always never, that I've never taken for granted. So I started doing that. I was in audit. So, and I also worked in the public accounting field. And during busy season, you know, we were working over 80 hours a week, close to 90 hours a week, you know, wow. leaving work sometimes after midnight, sometimes after one and having to be back in there at 830 the next day. Mm-hmm. So I would say along with that, um, you know, also being an auditor, people don't really like to see you, you know, and <laughs> they're like, oh, you come like in here again, like, you know, yeah. And so that was challenging for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a people person. I love talking to people, but I'm like, if you don't like me, then <laughs> I'm just having my job. Like, let me do my right. job. So anyways, um, I got involved with recruiting mm. through my first uh, company because turnover is so high. There's, I mean, we're constantly recruiting. And I remember going to my alma mater and I helped out with some mock interviews. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember talking to a lot of different students and they just opened up to me. I was giving them advice. I really felt just like I was in my zone, you know, like I was doing what I should be doing. Right. And I would say at that point, that's when I realized I really wanted to work in recruiting or work with young people because I feel like in recruiting, you're really able to make an impact. So long story short, you know, I started putting my application out there, kind of started, you know, talking to mentors and different people in the industry. And I, when I tell you, everyone told me not to do it. They were like, you have your CPA, like, you got your master's, what? You about, you want to leave your job, your good-paying job? Your good-paying job. To get, like, I, yeah, my good-paying job. Like, I was about to get promoted, and I literally was like, I don't care, because right. I'm not doing what I'm passionate about, not what I love to do. So, anyway, um, I, I, I had a couple of interviews that just went horrible, and I, I knew one recruiter. Just one recruiter. And he became a mentor. He became a mentor to me. And he helped me get ready for my other interviews. He even helped me with salary negotiation. And um, it got to the point where I realized, you know what? I'm doing, you know, looking around at all these different companies where the answer is right here. So I met up with him and I said, hey, I want to work for your company. I want to be a recruiter there. I gave him my resume, gave him my cover letter. Cover letter was addressed to his company and everything. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of laughed, like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. And I'm like, you can laugh, and I'm serious. Uh-huh. I said, I want to work for your company. And, right, I said, I want to work for your company, and let me tell you why. I did all my research. I mean, for real, like, I knew my stuff. And so right. he was like, okay, well, nothing's really open right now. So, you know, I'll, I'll keep you posted. And I remember being so disappointed. So disappointed the next day. And I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm just going to give it up to God. And what is meant for me, what, what is meant for me will be for me. Right. Literally that same day, a couple of hours later, he sends me a text message and he's like, Hey, send me your resume. So luckily the girl that had the position before me put in her two weeks notice. Like the, the day after. Yes. The day after. Um, so it just kind of goes to show this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And and that's why I always preach about networking, really being confident in yourself, because it could be that one contact, that one person that you know that could help you get that job. Right. And it's crazy you say that I was having uh, I was talking with someone about relationships a couple of days ago. 
Um, and we were just saying how, you know, many people feel like it's like a, a magic sauce or ingredient, but it really comes down <laughs> to reputation and relationships. Like if you know yeah. for being on your stuff and you meet people and you just kind of put yourself out there, you just never know where that role will lead. But a lot of people are, you know, in their bubble and they don't want to make relationships with people that they don't know. Or if they, yep. they, they they meet one person, it doesn't, they don't yield the results that they want. And they're like, I'm never networking again. <laughs> yes, it's, it's true. And I really look at networking as not a, oh, okay, what can I get from you? Like, how can you help me? But more right. so, how can I help you? It's a two-sided relationship when it does come to networking. And they may not be able to help you right. at that current moment, but you never know when they could come um through for you in the future right right so relationships is one but what are some other tips you would give someone who wants to transition into a field that they have no experience in yeah you know that's that's a great question and i and some of my clients definitely are they just got they just took the first job straight out of school and they've been doing it and they hate it and they want to get into their career what i always recommend is is to create your own opportunity. Mm-hmm. I saw a quote online. It, it said something like, don't search for opportunities, create your own. Mm-hmm. So find organizations that you can um, get involved with that will give you that experience that would be helpful. So for me, I got involved in an organization called NABA, which I'm still very active in, National Association of Black Accountants. Mm-hmm. And my role I joined a uh, professional chapter and my role was a uh, student member services director. And so with that, you know, I was planning programs for students, overseeing uh, student chapters, building relationships with faculty and staff. So I was able to use that experience. And that was something that was right. all volunteer, something I did on the side. And I was able to use that experience to show that I had transferable skills right. in, in recruiting. So, you know, finding organizations where you can get involved in, uh, maybe even freelancing. For me, I honestly started uh, Bird Career Consulting before I switched into recruiting. Mm -hmm. And so I use that also as leverage to say, hey, you know, I know what a good resume looks like. I know what a good interview is. I'm good with talking to people, working with clients. So I was able to use, um, I was able to use that to my advantage. Nice. Love that. Great advice. You got to create what you want. Uh, what did it say? Uh, uh, what's that quote? Be the change. It's it's almost like be the change that you want to see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So back to the grind you have the full time, you have the side hustle. How, do you balance or is there such thing as balancing uh, both of them? And is there ever a time where one of them receives the short end of the stick? Yeah, I don't know what balance is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, if you figure it out, let me know. (laughs) But, you know, what I will say is that um, balance, 
I don't know if I will ever find that true balance that I'm looking for. However, I have been able to really set limits and boundaries for myself and make sure that I am practicing self-care. So as I mentioned, I am a recruiter full-time. It's not a nine-to-five. There's a lot of travel involved, maybe 30 40% travel. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the road a lot. Um, I have events in the evening, sometimes on the weekend. Whenever I'm not working my full-time job, and I'm not asleep, <laughs> I pretty much, my time is dedicated to my business. Right. And I don't think it will be like that forever, but right now I'm willing to put in the hours. And because it's something that I love doing, mm-hmm. I mean, both things. You know, I love my full-time job, but I love my business. Like, I'm right. in love with my business and my clients. And um, because I, I actually enjoy what I do, it doesn't really feel like work. You know, and sometimes right. my friends will say, okay, you know, make sure you're taking time to, like, have fun. And I'm just like, what? Like, working is fun. Like, this is what I like to do. (laughs) You know? Um, You know, but to to answer your question, I I spend a lot of time working on my business when I get off of work. So I make that decision, okay, am I going to stay up late tonight and work, or am I going to get up early the next morning? Sometimes I get up at 5 a.m., work for a couple hours, um, work out and then go to work pretty much spend all of my weekends working as well so um, but I, I will say that I have learned to really listen to you know myself my mm. body and sometimes I have those days where you know I can't I just can't right, <laughs> you know right, how those right. days are yeah your and body be so like girl if you don't sit down somewhere go sit down yes yeah, so, you know, sometimes I may have to take a day off or I'll try to schedule all of my calls maybe two to three days a week mm-hmm. um, and then spend those other nights or days um, actually working on the strategy piece of my business. So being very um, intentional about how I spend my time and, you know, I, I don't party as much as I used to, I don't hang out with my friends as much as I used to, but I do have a great support system. They're very understanding and they know I'm grinding. So they respect that and they're okay with that. Right. Right. One of my friends is like my uh, virtual bodyguard. Like if somebody will say, <laughs> like if we're in the group chat and they're like, I'm just going to stop by jazz house. And she's like, no, she's busy. She has things to do. I'm like, girl, yeah. I need to put you on some type of payroll. <laughs> But she that right, <laughs> and you need those friends that understand that and they respect that. And I, people will like my friends, family. They'll call me and be like, "Hey, Tisha, you know, we got such and such going on. I know you're busy, but just think <laughs> about it." And I'm like, it sometimes it bothers me because I'm like, man, I'm never too busy for my friends and my family. But uh-huh. the fact that they respect that, and I've gotten to the point where I'm okay with saying you know what, I'm just going to have to sit this one out. Right. I appreciate the invite. I just have a lot of, um, a lot of things that I need to get done. So. Right. Right. Definitely could feel you there. <laughs> yeah. So I know in, um, previous conversations that we've had, uh, we talked about molding our future or being able to kind of change our future. Uh, when was that moment where you felt that you could reshape your future? The moment that I felt that I could reshape my future, wow. Uh, I would say 
maybe not reshape my future, but I, it wasn't that I knew that I could, mm-hmm. but I knew that I had to. Ooh, you get what I'm saying? Right. So when, as I mentioned, growing up, it was just me and my mother. I mean, my father was around. I have a great relationship with him, but my mother raised me. Right. So we moved from year to year, about every year. I would say we moved at least at least 10 times, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least wow. 10 times growing up. I didn't grow up in a house. I grew up in a lot of different apartments here and there, was never stable. So um, my mother, she bought her first home when I was in co- uh, high school. Mm-hmm. My junior year of high school I was like 16 17 I was working at McDonald's I was working at Rainbow I don't even know if you know what Rainbow is it was like yeah 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 this all back in the day I was working there I had like a bunch of jobs when I was in high school just to kind of help pay support myself and pay the bills so I was paying my cell phone bill mm. paying my car insurance helping her out with the bills buying my own clothes taking care of myself um, cause I just knew that she didn't have the money. So anyway, she bought her first house. Um, I was like 16, 17, you know, she was late 40. So, um, my mom's a school bus driver and, you know, they don't, they don't drive during the summertime, so they're not getting paid. And so I remember asking my mom when summer was coming up, like, Hey mom, summer's coming up. You got a job. Like, how are we going to pay the bills? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. worry what, about what, it. What, What's up? Yeah, yeah. So she was like, okay, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Needless to say, she did not get a job that summer, so we were evicted. Mm-hmm. And I remember still that day of moving out of that home. We moved into an apartment, and that it was that point where I said, you know what? I don't want to do this. I wow. can't do this growing up. Um. So I think I knew I didn't want to settle for a job. I didn't want to settle for a certain amount of money. I did not want to live paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I didn't know that I could. I just felt like I had to, you know? Right. Yes. Now with all that, you know, having, having the jobs and just having that mindset of, I got to go after it. Did you feel the pressure to be successful because, you know, you did work your way through school um, and finance your way through school. Um, was there every time like you felt that pressure that you had to be successful? Yes, I did. I maybe not the pressure to be successful, but the pressure to just be stable mm-hmm. financially, mentally, everything. I felt like I didn't have a choice because I knew me moving back home. Who's going to take care of me? You know, right, right. That, that wasn't an option for me. So I did put a lot of pressure on myself um, while I was in college. And, you know, honestly, now I still put a lot of pressure on myself to I'm not really doing what I'm doing to be successful. Now I've changed that from, OK, I just want to be stable because I, you know, I am I have a great job. I have right. a great company right. to, to the point now where I just want to make an impact. And I want to and I want to love what I do, you know, every day. Right. Right. So and I think for me, that would. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think for me, that would define that success piece is when I get to the point where I'm 
doing what I love to do every single day. Right. That's what I was just going to say. Your definition of successful just kind of uh, was altered just a little bit of your definition. Yeah, exactly. Which I think everybody has their own. I think, you know, growing up, you know, when we're younger, we believe successful is just money, cars, house, and all that. But when right. you get older, it's just like, nah, bro, that, that's that's really not it at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's this um, there's this interview with J. Cole, <laughs> and it's, it's on my um, it's on my business social media page. But he was just talking about how we're never satisfied with what we have. It's like we get to one point, mm-hmm. we get to one level of success, and we're still like, well, now I want this, and now I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I always think about that. Like, wow, am I ever going to be just happy with where I am? But luckily, I think that's just the the grinder in me, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, or I don't know if I'll ever be completely satisfied, but I'm always going to continue to keep pushing and, you know, pulling myself forward and holding myself accountable. Right. And uh, I went to my late Till's uh, live podcast this past weekend in Atlanta. And it was funny you say that because she was saying um, like she thought her life would be better when she got money. She thought it was like, you know, she was feeling these feelings about life because she was broke. But when she got money, she was just like, I just got a whole nother host of problems like nothing went away. Mm hmm. And I feel yep. like sometimes we feel that we could just throw money at our issues and buy a whole bunch of stuff, but at the core of Absolutely. it, it fixes nothing. Absolutely. And it's like you have, there's like a, a balance because you have to, you know, always want more, always want better for yourself, but you right. also have to learn to be con- not content, but you also have to learn to be grateful for what you have and where you are. So I'm constantly having that battle in my head. Like, okay, I want all of these clients. I want to make this revenue, which I, you know, I do have revenue goals, Mm -hmm. but I'm also practicing gratefulness, which to me is a big piece of self-care. That's something, you know, like I said, that is important to me. So I'm always reminding myself that I have to be grateful for what I have and where I am now. Right. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. So what are some things or what would you say the number one thing that employees are looking for if we're on that uh, search for maybe another position or looking for that promotion? And what are some mistakes that keep us from them? Oh, I can write a whole book. I might be writing a book about that, actually. Write the book. Write the book. Because... I get this question all the time, and, I mean, we need a whole, like, separate podcast episode <laughs> for that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, what I would say is, gosh, the number one thing that employers are looking for is hard to put it into just one thing. Mm-hmm. But I would say humility with confidence. Ooh, I so, like that. It's, it's kind of like two things, but I kind of yeah. put it together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's something you don't think about. Yes. So you want to make sure that you are being confident in yourself when you are applying for jobs, when you are networking, 
um, when you are in interviews because if you're like, hey, you know, my name is Leticia. I think I can kind of do this job. Like, just give me a chance. Mm-hmm. They're not going to hire you because Next. they want someone that's going to come in there and say, hey, I'm the perfect person for this role. And because of the experience that I've done here, I've done there, the skills that I've gained, I can offer X, Y, and Z to your organization. Right. You know, so being able to be confident in yourself um, so that you can sell yourself, but then I also add humility because you don't want to have a huge ego. Right. You want to show, okay, I know I can do this this job. I have the experience for it, but I'm also willing to learn. And I think that's where the humility piece comes in handy because, you know, being a recruiter, talking to candidates where they have these big egos or they're more so kind of like, I know it well, all. <laughs> yeah, I know it all. Like, what can y'all, what can y'all do for me? How much can y'all pay me? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where can I start? You know, <laughs> you, you really have to be, you really have to be humble. Show that you're willing to learn, that you're able to get along with others. And I have seen, you know, interns, employees be much more successful at the job if they have a positive attitude, if they're, they don't mind asking questions and taking right. a step back, it's really, really willing to learn from others. Because a lot of times these jobs, you can be taught the skills, you can be taught how to do the job, right. but they exactly. cannot teach you, you know, um, how to be, how to be humble. So, right. you know, that's what I would say. And, you know, also just, having grit, being determined too, like just going after it, like, and just getting it, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. that may be, really making an effort to just get out of your comfort zone. And that's why the job search process in Excel is so scary because people are scared to get out of their comfort zone. They're scared to go after the job that they don't think they deserve. They don't think they can get, but you won't know until you put yourself out there. Right. Um, well, I guess this is kind of getting into the mistakes piece. So, you know, people just not being willing to step outside of what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say for one mistake. And, you know, also kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, earlier with the networking piece is not being able to network effectively, not networking with people just to see what they can do for you, but right. actually trying to add some type of value, you know, to their life or to help them in any kind of way. Um, so, yeah, that, that's definitely what I would say for mistakes. Yeah, that's, um, and, and, you know, unfortunately, the millennial uh, generation, we get bad routes, but it is kind of true. I think because we're such an educated crew, um, that we yes, feel like we because we have a degree or we have advanced degrees that somebody's just supposed to automatically hire us. Like, what? They didn't hire me. I got a, I got this degree. I went to this school. But we have to be able to, like you said, to put that grit behind the education really just help us stand out. Because honestly, nowadays, everybody got degrees. Yes. Everybody has degrees. For real, everybody has degrees. The job market is competitive, and there mm-hmm. are so many 
college-educated folks that are out here doing jobs that don't require a college degree. Right, right. And they're also saying that, well, on the news and different articles, it's been said that college degree is becoming the equivalent of a high school diploma. Yep. Uh, which is true. And, you know, kind of like what you said about, you know, individuals knowing, well, I got this degree, you know, I can do the job, but does your resume show that? Mm. So, you know, I've worked with some great clients that have phenomenal experience, great education. I'm talking about masters or masters. However, their resume is just awful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you come I'm, in. You know, I've seen hundreds of, you know, maybe even thousands now of bad resumes. Wow. And you may have the experience, you may have the skills, you may have the education, but if your resume isn't tailored to that industry, if your resume isn't attractive, I mean, it really takes an employer or a recruiter four seconds to look at your resume and to know if they're going to keep it or if they're going to trash it, you know? Right, right. Um, so having a strong resume is definitely, I would say, the most important thing you can have um, in the job search. Right, right. So by now, the audience probably knows that I love watching Insecure. Uh, so oh, that's my show. Yes, that's my show. I love Issa Rae. I love her story, how she started from YouTube videos yes. to an HBO series. So I'm all about Issa. Yes. So of course, my fun question had to come from the show. So since you watch it, you can connect. As we can see. Oh yes, that's my life. <laughs> That is my life. My Yo, friends don't you, know. Don't you find yourself like watching it like, was she watching me? Like, I be thinking this, I be saying this, this happened to me. Like, that's like, yeah. I, I catch myself yeah. doing that all the time. It's so relatable. Yeah. But and it's just, it's, it's good to have something on TV that is relatable. Mm-hmm. That is relatable. Um, And it, it's, it's like, being in your late twenties, you just don't know about life, relationships, work, friendships. You don't even know like what you're like where you're gonna be gonna be at in like two months or six right. months or a year. So I think insecure just makes it real because it's like, hey, there. Let's find some laughter. Let's find like in let's just all. have fun with it. You know. Right. Right. So as yes. we see at the beginning of season two. Molly, the lawyer, she accidentally receives her co-worker's check. Uh, her co-worker is a Caucasian a male, and she sees that he's making a lot more money than her. And they both been at the company around the same time. They do the same job. Um, and she actually probably puts in more time. And she's like, is this a bonus check or th- this is a regular check? How would you handle that situation? Oh, I'm like, I'm taking that straight to the top. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you why we have to be confident in ourselves. This situation that Molly has went through. I know so many people that have went through the very same situation. A lot of my clients have went through the same situation. Right. Um, Especially as, as, as women, especially as black women, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we do get the short end of the stick when it comes to compensation, 
um, being paid for what we're worth um, and for the value that we are adding. So if that were me in that situation, you know, I, I may kind of have that conversation with him, kind of like what Molly did, just joking around with him, like, oh, you know, I forgot what she said on the show now, but it was, she asked him like, oh, are you trying to get a bonus? Are you trying to get a raise? And his mm. response was, oh, give me a raise so I can put in more work. Right. <laughs> right. And Molly's probably thinking like, I'm over here grinding day and night right. and you don't even want to work harder. And you so, chilling. you know, yeah, he's chilling. And it happens all the time. It happens right. all the time. So, you know, I may have that conversation with him, not telling him that I know, mm. um, but just kind of filling it out seeing if it's a raise or bonus, seeing what I could figure out, right? Mm -hmm. Then what I would do is, you know, first, take a few minutes, <laughs> give right. myself Got a day or a couple of days before I address the situation. Yes, in my emails, I have a 24-hour rule. You know, if I see an email that I know if I respond right then at that moment, it's not going to come across in the most professional way. So I would right. kind of take the same approach. Take some time, I and I would implement actually that. <laughs> I need to implement. Yes, twenty-four hour rule. Twenty-four <laughs> hours. You don't have to respond ASAP. Um, and and I've learned in corporate America to respond and not react. I read that somewhere. Right, right. right. I like that. So yes, yes. So I'm learning everything that I say and do at work is intentional. Um, so I would set up a meeting with my boss right before I have that meeting with he or she, uh, and I would treat it almost like I would treat any annual performance evaluation where I would list out, put a document together, a portfolio, what have you, mm -hmm. with all of my work experience, everything, all of my accomplishments, my projects, and have numbers in there where I can say, you know, I have increased sales by 30%. I have, you know, decreased turnover or increased production mm -hmm. or whatever metrics you can use to show that you are, you know, adding that value going above and beyond. Um, like I said, I'll put a portfolio together and then meet with my boss and just kind of say, Hey, I want to let you know, you know, accidentally, this is what I had stumbled across. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to put it out there. This is what I've done, you know, for this company. And I want to, I would like to be compensated for the value that I am contributing. So I would like to revisit my salary and see what they say. You know, go from there. Right. But I would go into that conversation with a number in my head of what I would want to be paid Right. moving forward. Molly, you listening? Take that advice for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which comes out soon. I can't wait. Now, let me ask you this. What is your insecure question? What are your predictions for what's going to happen uh, with Molly, with Lawrence, and with Issa? So, I think that, well, first of all, I think that Issa and Lawrence are definitely getting back together. You think? I mean... Everybody, now I'm not saying that the next episode, maybe even like 
next season uh-huh. since they did get, I guess, you know, approved for season three, which I'm excited for them about. Right. I think they're going to get back together eventually. I think that Issa is now, she's going to have to go through a period of being single and really focusing on her and finding herself. I was in, you know, I was in her shoes two years, maybe three years ago, being fresh out of a relationship where I really had to learn how to fall in love with myself. Right, right. And not and you know, not worry about having someone there to make me feel whole, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, she's gonna continue to do what she's doing day in, having fun, but also learning a lot about herself in the process with Molly. <laughs> I don't know about Molly. I think Lawrence, he's gonna continue to be a little player, do what he's doing, but I think that he's also realizing that this single life is just not for me, and I miss my mm. girl, you know? Yeah. It, I don't know about Molly, though. <laughs> so, I was think like, I, I think, uh, I think they're gonna do the typical uh, breakup thing, you know, where uh, the girl... At first, she's just all down and she, you know, she's having a rough time. Um, And then she kind of picks herself up and she begins to have fun again. I think Issa's going to go on that pathway and I think she's going to start back. I think her and Daniel are going to start back uh, messing with each other. And then I think... I don't know, though. Because I think Daniel is still mad about what happened from season one. I feel like he's going to play her. You think so? Uh, that's, yeah that's a good thought I, I, I don't yeah. know something about that last scene when they were in the restaurant and she goes over to sit with them it's just like yeah they they about to start messing with each other something's going to develop yeah and Lawrence yeah. is going to be the typical man when he see his girl that moved on that's when he's going to you know try to work things out or be missing her be going exactly. through his phase uh and Molly my prayer for Molly, we need to cover her in the blood, is first stay away from Drove <laughs> because he ain't nothing but trouble. Um, but I think... Oh, right. Yeah, I think she's going to start taking the whole therapy thing seriously um, because I think she's on a good road <laughs> right now, and I want to. I want her to stay there. But Drove yes. is trouble. He is trouble. Yes, he is. He is a married man. <laughs> an open a married man. Married man. Right. But my issue with that is it doesn't matter if it's an open relationship or not. He's still going to go home to his wife. True. And that's also, you know, she's friends with both of them. So right, which is awkward. That's just an all-around bad situation. Yeah, so we're going to keep Molly covered um, in the blood of the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get yeah. into the Jim Jarper segment. This, are, this is a set of questions we ask all of our guests on the show. Uh, and we're going to start off with what is the best piece of advice you have received? You're probably going to laugh about, <laughs> about this. Uh-huh. The best piece of advice I have received is they even hate it on Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> right? Isn't it? So just to kind of give a backstory. I had a situation where um, I was just really down and out mm-hmm. about um, some issues I had at, you know, my workplace mm-hmm. with uh, some individuals there. And I remember calling my 
mentor who is now my friend, she was like, you need to stop calling me your mentor. We are friends on the same <laughs> level. Um, yeah. And I remember calling her crying. I said, I don't even know. What do I do? I'm just so upset. And mm. she said, listen, she said, they even hated on Jesus. <laughs> if they, if they don't hate on Jesus, you know, they gonna hate on you. Right. It's all, it's always going to be someone that's going to doubt what you say, you know, that's going to discredit what you say. That won't mm. believe in you. And if they hate it on Jesus, they will hate on you. So mm. from that moment on, yeah, you know, from that moment on, you know, I stopped worrying about, well, you know, are people, are they going to like me? Are they going to like what I have to say and how I say it? Mm-hmm. Where I'm just learning to be me. I'm unapologetically me. Right. And if you hate on me, that's okay because Jesus had a lot of haters. <laughs> Right. I love that. I love that. Number two, what is an app or a website that makes business easier? An app or website that makes business easier for me, I would say is Insightly. Uh-huh. And uh, I know you use Insightly. <laughs> I, I heard um, of that. Oh, y'all been using Insightly? Okay. I got well, to get on the train. Yes, so Insightly is a CRM, and it allows me to keep up with all of my clients that I work with. So I've had close to 200 clients over the past two years. So in Insightly, I'm able to track um, the entire process with them from when I have the free consultation with them to having the discussion about their resume to sending them their resume you know, it reminds me to follow up with them, to check on, check and see how their job search is going. Um, so, insightly, it just helps me to keep track of where I am with all of my clients, you know, and as my business continues to grow, um, you know, I can't rely on remembering who I talked to, what I've done, what services I've done for them. So, insightly just helps me to keep track of all that and, um, you know, to make sure that I am keeping up with all of my clients because, excuse me, I I like to stay in contact with my clients from, you know, from when I do uh, rewrite their resume up until they do get their job in hand. So I try to follow up, set up a call, just reach out and see how they're doing. Um, I don't want to be one of those coaches that will rewrite their resume, send it to them and say, okay, good luck. (laughs) Have a great life. Yeah, yeah, see you next year. Uh, so it slightly helps me with that and then with managing that. I'm going to have to uh, take everything out of Evernote and switch it over to that. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to have to check that out. Yes. Yeah. So everybody knows that I love to read. So I have to know, what is your favorite book? Yes. Um, my favorite book. I read a lot of books, too. I try to read three books a month. Mm-hmm. And my favorite book of this year <laughs> has been um, Working While Black oh. by, yes, by Michelle T. Johnson. What's that a little working bit? Well, of course, it's about working uh, working while black. While black. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about it. I'm interested about yes. this one. It, the book talks about basically how to navigate work culture, being a minority, you know, dealing with being one of the only few that looks like you, you know, how to 
get along with your coworkers, how to communicate with your coworkers, um, how to build relationships with people that don't look like you, mm-hmm. um, that may have never even interacted with someone like you. Right. Um, that's why I love. That's why I love this book. It it gives a lot of just real life examples of the everyday thing, everyday things that minorities go through. It even talks about, for example, happy hours. Uh-huh. Should you go to happy hours with your coworkers? Mm-hmm. I know. You know, for me, when I do go, I I don't really drink. You know, I may get some water, engage in conversation for a little bit, and then leave early. So the book kind of recommends that, mm-hmm. especially if you don't really feel comfortable. But mm-hmm. there are some people that I even know personally, um, some of my clients, where I've had to recommend, like, telling them, hey, just try to we do these work happy hours because <laughs> you just being able to do a good job at work. You gotta I mean, quite frankly, that's just... You have to create relationships. It's just not enough. There's a lot of culture, um, a lot of politics, you know, in the workplace. Sometimes you got to learn how to play the game. And so this book really gives a lot of advice on how to do that. Nice. Definitely going to have to pick that up very soon. Next question. What is a quote that you live by? A quote that I live by. uh, If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Mm-hmm. That's a quote uh, by Frederick Douglass. And, and that quote is important to me because just going through some of the things that I did financial-wise, taking the bus, not having the car, working through jobs, through high school and college, you know, at one point I kind of questioned God a lot. It's just why I had to go through the things that I went through. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, it made me the person that I am. You know, it, it did instill that grind, that motivation in me. So I don't regret anything that I go through. And even now, you know, I really look at failures and challenges as, you know what, I'm going to get over this one day and, you know, I'm going to have a story to tell from it. Right. Right. Love it. So last question, last words of wisdom or advice for those who want to create something out of the norm. Ooh, that's a good question. I would say just go for it. You know, do what do what feels right. Follow your purpose. Believe in yourself no matter what. Right. When I decided to, you know, make the career transition, when I decided to start my business, so many people told me, don't do it. You're not ready. You just started working. Mm-hmm. You know, you sure you want to do your business and work full time. And I honestly just felt deep down that this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And so I've just worked, you know, steadfast in that and I've continued to push and it's just been, there's no looking back. Um, So I'm, you know, walking in my purpose and same thing that I tell a lot of my clients too, because they're scared to make that jump. They're scared to make that career move. Even right. if they know I'm not happy where I am, I'm settling. Um, so just doing what feels right, like I said, and just and just going after it, whatever that may be. Yes. Go for it. Go for it. No, it's actually Go. Run, for it. run for it. Run for it. But that's the remix. 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 
<laughs> I was like, something about this song sounds a little different. <laughs> well, where can we connect with you on social media? Where can we uh, check out your services? Uh, let us know where we can find you. Yes. So I am on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Bird Consults, B-Y-R-D Consults on all channels um, on Instagram is Bird Consults with the underscore at the end. You can contact me there. My website is birdcareerconsulting.com. Um, I do offer free consultation. So um, that's how you can find me. Nice. Yeah, y'all definitely, definitely, definitely hit her up. Uh, she took a, a look at my resume and just made it look so beautiful. It is so pretty now. <laughs> It's so pretty now, but thank, oh, but thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I'm sure people are going to be so inspired to just keep going after it and really not settle for that job to go get their job that they want and even start a business on the side and doing both at the same time. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Well, guys, that is the end of the episode. Until next time, as as always, create the shift, reach your dreams, black girl magic, we out. Hey, 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 you, you, yes, you, yes, you, before you roll out, if you're listening on an Apple product, make sure to head over to the podcast app, leave us a rate or a review, just hit the search button, type in the perfectly imperfect grind, click on the cover art, and then tap on reviews. Help us spread the word to the masses. And if you don't already, follow me, Jasmine Hill, on social media at The Fear Hurdler. Sharing is caring, so share with all your friends. And now on that note, I'm out for real this time. Have a good one. 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 Good one.